Welcome back to episode 30 of the FBL Draft Hub podcast, this week looking ahead to game week 8. Welcome back to the FBL Draft Hub podcast, the podcast dedicated to the official FPL Draft game. My name is Mitch and I'm your host, back for another roundup of waiver options, hidden gems, ones to dump and some sell high buy low targets at the end. If last weekend was a step towards relative normality, game week 7 took another stride towards Premier League football, feeling as though we have some ability to predict the results. There were some welcome clean sheets for Wolves, City, uh, Chelsea and Arsenal um, to provide a nice foundation to your game week points. And there were big performances from the likes of James Ward-Prowse, the Chelsea Z-Boys, Ziyech and Zuma. Kyle Walker scored to give Man City a 1-0 win. And Jack Grealish contributed to three Villa goals only to see his side lose. On red card watch, uh, Luka Milivojevic was the only sending off, which I hope wouldn't really affect your FPL teams too much. Some of the players I'll be discussing in this episode include Robin Olsen, uh, Eight Nori, James Ward-Prowse, obviously, uh, and Ferran Torres, just to name a few. So let's get into it. So starting with the goalkeepers then, uh, I did discuss Robin Olsen in the new transfers pod back around game week five and said then that I expected him to take Pickford's spot very soon. Pickford then had uh, an archetypal Pickford performance in the Merseyside derby and played again in their 2-0 defeat to Southampton before Ancelotti has finally decided that he's had enough. It wasn't a great performance by Everton against Newcastle and they deserved to lose, but no blame can be apportioned to Olsen for that, who had to stare down uh, a soft penalty kick and a quick Newcastle move that got in behind the Everton defence as they were searching for a way back into the game. Everton are suffering from a number of omissions at the moment, but I'm sure Ancelotti will feel Olsen solves one headache at the back for now. His ownership is almost universally zero, so should be there for pretty much everyone listening. If you're in larger leagues and have someone like a Johnston or Ariola, he's obviously an upgrade on them, but he could present a trade opportunity if you're first on the wave of priority this week. So if you've got two maybe top half, half decent keeper options, you could trade one away for some value elsewhere, knowing you can drop the make-weight keeper you receive for Olsen. Naturally, I could have put Olsen in the hidden gem section, but given the static nature of the goalkeeper market once the season is underway, I'm putting him here at the top of the list. So for those that are interested, you don't miss out on him. On to the defenders then. And the first one to mention is Ryan Aitnori. The last time I mentioned this guy was in the new transfer pod during the last international break. And I told you all that he wouldn't be starting anytime soon and would likely be thrown out in the cup games but uh, Nuno Santo had other plans and so here we go great performance from the young Frenchman meaning there are now close to 40 legitimate Wolves defensive options for FPL he's now averaging a tidy 15 points per match after one game and took his goal very well but also continued to get into decent positions after that though as every TV pundit has been keen to point out Crystal Palace did absolutely nothing to defend their wings against a team that primarily utilises wingers. I expect the forums will be ablaze with 
Should I drop Sace? Is Kilman going to get dropped? What do I do with Marcao? And my answer is that I have no idea really. But Wolves now lead the way with clean sheets, having got four from seven games, and their defenders naturally should be valued and treated accordingly. The second one is Tyrone Mings for Aston Villa, also up there in the clean sheets table as Villa have managed three from their opening six. This stat does fall down slightly when you see they've conceded seven goals in their last two and look clearly vulnerable to sides who you can crudely deem as attacking. They've got Arsenal next, which is not ideal, but following this they have Brighton, West Ham, Newcastle, Wolves, Burnley, West Brom and Palace taking them past Christmas which ain't bad at all. Expect the Villa defenders to slowly get mopped up over the international break, with Mings obviously being top of the list, as managers hope he can improve on the two goals he scored already. On to the midfielders then, and let's start with Captain Obvious, Mr James Ward-Prowse. 17 game week points with two goals, an assist, and of course, all three bonus points. He was in the free-kick zone for that match, and is now very much on everyone's radars. Now, James Ward-Prowse has been a loyal servant of mine in the past and has taken you know, a few weeks to get into the goals so far this year, but comes just in time for a favourable fixture run with Newcastle Wolves, Man U Brighton and Sheffield in the next five, which isn't bad. And you can see plenty of goals for Southampton there. And with the absence of Danny Ings for a few weeks they are going to have to look to their midfield to provide some of them. I would be cautious over the level of player you're dropping to bring him in as he is a seasoned waiver pile surfer and will probably whore himself around a few teams in the league before the season is out. But as a fifth mid at the moment, you know, he's guaranteed to start on set pieces and tends to produce in batches. So don't assume it's too late to pick him up now. My guess is he will be the most transferred in player we see this week on the draft hub. Next is Diogo Jota, who I mentioned on last week's pod and we saw his ownership soar again last week with ownership levels now above 90% in some of the larger leagues. He got his second successive winning goal for Liverpool in the league and followed this up with a brilliant hat-trick in the Champions League against Atlanta in midweek, starting ahead of Bobby Firmino. The question now is whether his performances have given him uh, acclaimed Firmino's spot in the team as his performances so far from Firmino, that is, haven't really inspired the uh, underrated tag that he can't seem to shake. And sometimes if players seem underrated, there's a good reason for it. To provide some context for his current value, waves were made in our main draft league this week as there was a direct swap made for Yota, which saw Riyad Mahrez move the other way. So make of that what you will. The next one is Pablo Fornals. Now Fornals is actually the top FPL point scorer from a surprisingly impressive West Ham side so far with 39 points including two goals, three assists and five bonus points spread in there too. The only small issue with Fornals is the presence of Saeed Benarama as he also operates mainly from the left but both Fornals and Bowen on the right have been impressive so far, and in my view, while they continue to play this system, Ben Rama will have to build his claim from performances from the bench. Fornell's ownership is moderate and rises as expected as the leagues get bigger. If he's available in your league with probably nine or more players, he's definitely one I would consider picking up. 
The next one is Hakim Ziyech for Chelsea. And now this player is realistically only going to be a trade option, but worth uh, mentioning anyway. Finally, after waiting for him to recover from injury and then watch him performing well in the cup games, we have seen Ziyech get his first Premier League start against Burnley, in which he played really well and was a big reason for the result looking so comfortable in the end. Chelsea is still looking to compete on all fronts, so I would continue to expect some frustrating team news, especially if he's used in midweek. But we've already seen the type of form that earned him the move from Ajax, and now is going to be the only time, realistically, you're going to be able to prize him away from a fellow manager, as before long, his stock is likely to shoot up. Next is Ferran Torres, the new signing for Manchester City. This guy will be attracting some interest, having been used as a number nine in the absence of a recognised striker. But we can't ignore the fact that Gabriel Jesus came off the bench to score against Olympiacos in midweek. So he is now fit again. But whether he's fit enough to start against Liverpool remains to be seen. But my guess would be that Torres will get the nod again to start between Sterling and Mares. Longer term, expect him to get more sporadic minutes. But when he's on the pitch, he looks more than capable of scoring. Just the one assist for his league effort so far, but I'm sure that will rise. One to consider if you're really struggling for a fifth mid option on the waivers this week. He's taken in around half of 10 team leagues, and I would expect that to creep up this week, even with the fixture against Liverpool. The final one, just to mention very quickly, is Sengi's Under for Leicester. Um, I won't go into too much detail as I discussed him uh, more extensively on last week's pod, but we saw a virtually carbon copy assist to set up Vardy for a tap-in against Leeds, and I think we've seen enough now to expect a starting spot very, very soon. His ownership is generally below 20%, and if he gets a run in the team, he could even rival your third or fourth mid if his partnership with Vardy continues to flourish. Let's mention some hidden gems then. So these are all players with generally less than 10% ownership. And the first one to mention is the second goalkeeper of the pod, which uh, is unusual for these Game Week podcasts, is Robert Sanchez for Brighton. So pretty unforeseen move as Matt Ryan found himself dropped to the bench against Spurs in place of the relatively unknown Robert Sanchez, though Rochdale fans will be familiar with his skills. Brighton have been leaking goals so far this season and Potter will probably feel his attackers are doing their bit, but things just aren't tight enough at the back. I didn't pin much blame on Ryan, to be honest, but I can understand why Potter would look to change things up a little bit. How long this lasts remains to be seen, but a home game against Burnley next is as good a chance as any at getting a clean sheet. So for those in larger leagues who are able to stream a keeper, he could be a great one-week punt with the potential to become a steady point-scoring asset for you down the stretch. Only added this game week, so ownership is universally 0%, as much of a hidden gem as you'll see. For those who do have Matt Ryan, I would definitely not be dropping him this week. I would certainly wait and see how things play out beyond the international break. Next is a defender who is a bit of a Premier League veteran now, and Christian Fuchs. Uh, one to keep an eye on, really, is injuries at the back for Leicester, um, have left them quite short at the moment, especially with Castagna and Evans missing out. Neither are expected to be out for too long and, and could even be back for game week nine. But, you know, Fuchs is almost certainly available in your league with ownership 
generally less than 1%. But if you want a more assured long-term pick, Fofana is the real go-to here. But you need to get into leagues of, of eight or less teams before he can be considered a true hidden gem. Leicester have a really nice run of fixtures from game week 10 with Fulham, Sheffield and Brighton providing some really good FPL scoring opportunities. Lastly, I've got a striker to mention and that's Bobby Reid for Fulham. Not a majorly exciting option, but certainly a hidden gem with ownership around the 1% mark. He scored his second goal of the season against West Brom coming in from the right-hand side. Now, Fulham's fixtures do not look very appealing to me, but if you're shopping for the likes of Bobby Reid, beggars really can't be choosers. He's more or less guaranteed to start, has Premier League experience and knows where the goal is. You could do a lot worse. I'm going to keep the get rid over own section relatively short this week as I'll probably do a slightly more in-depth one with the time over the international break. But Henderson uh, in goal is still over-owned. Kepa for Chelsea, his ownership still above 70%. In midfield, Deli Alley is owned in about three quarters of leagues and he's barely making the matchday squads at the moment. Uh, Nathan Redmond's got ownership, you know, close to 40% with lots of better options with lower ownership than him and you know, Redmond's just shit, so you really shouldn't be in your teams. And, of course, Meza Ozil continues to be over-owned, though we are continuing to see that percentage creep ever closer to the magic zero point. But at 60% ownership, he is still a long, long way off. Let's look at some trade valuations then, so some sell high and buy low, starting with ones who you could consider moving on for their current value. The first one who I've already mentioned in this and last week is Diogo Jota. Um, Definitely one you can probably get some decent value for at the moment. James Ward-Prowse is another one if you got on him early. um, You know, you can bank those points you got last week and move him on to somebody else. Um, The third one is Wilfred Zaha, who, you know, despite... Crystal Palace's good fixtures and him still being the focal point in their attack. There were just some early signs of Zaha's uh, annual implosion against Wolves with the petulance and the, you know, getting involved in stuff he really doesn't need to. And I think, as I mentioned when I discussed him last week, the frustration with Zaha is when you get him in for a good run and you end up with more yellow cards than goals but you know the fixtures are good he showed some good form already this season but if you can get some good value for him I would move him on in terms of buying low Riyad Mahrez is uh, first on the list obviously this is relative but by his standards it's been a pretty slow start to the season Um, and I'm sure managers who have who have drafted him and hang on to him so far will be starting to get a little bit restless over his and generally Manchester City's output. Um, But I still fancy him to pretty much reach his usual point scoring by the end of the season. The next two buy low picks are due to injury, which are always a good source of of, uh, good value in trades. The first is Christian Pulisic, who's managed to pick up another muscular injury, which is becoming a bit of a habit. If you can accommodate a wounded soldier for a few weeks, he could be a real great one to have down the stretch. 
And the other one to mention up front is Mikel Antonio. Details of his injury have been pretty scarce, but from the sounds of things, he's not going to be out for too long. Um, So you could get him off of a nervous manager and find yourself with Antonio in amongst a really solid fixture run as West Ham have got a lot of their bad fixtures out of the way already. Thanks for listening. Uh, An important reminder this week, as we have an early Friday kickoff, which means the waiver deadline is at 4pm on Thursday. So it's very early, so make sure you're not the one to forget to sort your waivers out. Just do them now. If you enjoy the podcast, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss out on any future episodes and feel free to reach out on social media. The best way to contact is on Twitter at FPL Draft Hub Pod. I'm usually able to get to most messages the same day. And there have been a really, you know, there's been a number of positive messages recently which really help keep motivation levels up and reassure me that the pod is heading in the right direction. As I mentioned last week, the international break provides a chance to break out of the usual game week pods and look at some areas of draft in more detail. This week, I will be being joined by a new guest for an episode dedicated to trades, which I'm sure will be of great interest to everyone listening out there. So best of luck for this week's waivers. Remember that however barren the waiver pole looks, there will probably be someone sat there that finds a double-digit haul at the weekend, and it's your job to find them. But above all, and as always, stay shook.